Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, October 21, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, they're knocking on the door of the all-time highs. They're pennies away. The only difference between making new highs and today's close is they just didn't do it. The all-time high happens to be 454.05. Today's high is just a few pennies below the close. However, we do have a new closing high, and that's one of the reasons I say it just really doesn't matter whether they made a new high today, they make a new high tomorrow. What we're looking at is a market that's knocking on the door. It's not a market that ran up here quickly to get rejected. Now, Whether or not they're able to get through it tomorrow or they wait next week or whenever they do, they should go to new highs. They should keep going for a little while. Let me explain further. What's this line on the screen? Well, we've looked at this a few times already. Let's look at it in a little more detail. Let's put some numbers on the board. So here's a left shoulder, here's a head, and here's a right, well, here's the head. And here's a right shoulder that goes like this. Now, here's your breakout. You never came back for the retest. A lot of times you start to break out. You come back for a retest, and then you take off. They didn't do that. They just took off. The question is, what's the target on this pattern? First of all, how do you calculate the target on this pattern? And if you want to know, it's in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. You have to love how I slipped that in. And I can do that over and over in jest because A, I know what's in the course. I know it's valuable information. I'm not pushing anybody to buy the course, but I reference the course because I know it's like an adjunct to these movies. The foundation of everything I teach is found in the course. These videos every day as a review of the market and inside the numbers is supplemental information, it's continuing education, inside the numbers is your PhD. Trader's choice. Let's get back to the head and shoulders pattern. The question remains, what's the target? The answer is, and I'm not gonna give you the exact number because it doesn't really matter. What I'll say is, it's in between 461 and 462. Now, whether or not they get there anytime soon is a whole different ball game. But what we can say is, if they start to melt up, and they really don't eat time off the clock, have a garden variety recocking of the weapon, or a pullback, whatever you want to call it, if they just keep going, they're in no man's land. The only target that I would have on the board would be this very target, which puts the market around 461, maybe up to 462, somewhere in between. Now... Here's the irony of the entire thing, and there are no accidents nor coincidences across the market. You take a look at that target and say, all right, so it's about 461 or so. Well, where does that put the ES contract? It puts it on a spike through the next big fat round number, 4,600. Let's just say 4,615, 4,620, give or take something on either side in that neck of the woods. Now, put this together, and let's just say we had a melt-up situation. Not saying we will, but we certainly can. The ingredients 
are on the cutting board for a melt-up situation. And a melt-up situation is not a grinding hire like we did over the last five or six or seven days. It's a much quicker move. It's a melt-up, meaning you have panic buying, FOMO sets in, fear of missing out, there's short covering, there are pies in the face, there's all kinds of stuff going on, there's a lot of excitement in the market, they're doing it on the heels of something that happened. It's a news event. What kind of news event? Well, we talked about something last night or the night before, and it had to do with maybe the market sniffing out something. Maybe the market's sniffing out some kind of a deal, a deal in Congress. Whether it's a good deal or a bad deal, they're all bad deals. We're talking about the market's reaction to a deal. Doesn't matter what the deal is, doesn't matter for how much it is, doesn't matter who voted on it, doesn't matter whether it's good or bad for the American people. The market will react to a deal. If that's what it's sniffing out, there could be a melt-up operation on the docket. Do we really need to look at any of these other charts? Not really. We're at the all-time highs. All the charts are going to tell you the same thing. We've been doing the stair-step thing on the hourly chart as it's really pronounced. That's why I keep showing the hourly chart. And you'll see here that what did we do for the last couple of days? Just basically went sideways. Remember 451? We talked about it ad nauseum last night. You're going to see it in the notes again today. That was essentially the line in the sand. They ran a test, they made a couple of other pseudo-tests, they took off to the upside, they're riding the trend, the trend is your friend, until she throws your ass out the window. Inside the numbers, I'm going to run through the commentary so that we leave no stone unturned. We'll look at the good, the bad, and the ugly, we'll circle back to stocks on the move, and then we'll review the rest of the stuff. Happy Thursday. They pulled back a little overnight above the big fat round numbers, and it's just garden variety. Getting down to the numbers, zero dark 30, here we are running a test of the same spot that was important yesterday, 451.01. Not only is it funny how that works, but also it confirms that it's an important spot. Opening the day below opens the door to fill the gap below, give or take, also run a test of the big fat round number, 450. Again, that would have been garden variety. That would have also been a buy area. If they can work back to around 452, they're right back into the floater formation from yesterday. Five-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity, 452 is the horizontal line. They open below, they work back, they try and rally, they banter back and forth for a good part of the middle part of the day, and then at the end of the day, what do they do? They take off finishing high into the close. That's a bullish close from a textbook perspective. Let's move it along, see what else we have in the notes. Pause the video, go back to the charts, double check the work. From a resistance perspective, this is still before the opening bell, 921. 453, 453.50 is overhead resistance. Same thing from yesterday. The market didn't do anything. Before the opening bell, we're saying that's a short opportunity for an aggressive trader. It's a scalp trade, not a marriage. 453 is the second line above. They never got there. They fell back down. So there was no trade from that perspective. If they dropped them quick to around 450, I actually raised that later in the notes. You'll see that. But they never got there anyway. So there was nothing doing in the SPY it was a floater formation. 
we have to take whatever opportunity Mrs. Market provides. Some days she provides nothing in the S&P. Some days she provides stuff in the S&P. One, two, three trades sometimes. Sometimes she provides something for everybody. I'm going to scroll up the notes, pause the video, read the notes, double check the work. Here's what we're saying at 1021. We throw up a picture. Here's another way to look at things. They're making a bullish, flaggish kind of pattern. And they were, and they did, and then they broke higher. During the flaggish formation, they're eating time off the clock to make another push higher. They're not if they close hourly below 451. There's that 451 again. And that's what they were doing. It's just said that simply. I certainly don't want to make it complex. This is what they were doing. I pointed to it, and we move on. If a trader chooses to buy the market near the all-time high, that's trader's choice. I can't in good conscience tell you to buy an all-time high assuming they're going to break out. It's not the kind of trade that I'm set up for. It's not my cup of tea. If they break out and they come back for a retest, that's something different. I'm not into guessing and hoping that they do the breakout melt-up scenario. They can do it. It's on the table, but I'm not putting my money on it saying, I'm hoping they're going to do it. I'm confident they're going to do it. Nothing says that they can't pull back for a couple of days, which would throw a monkey wrench in a trade. Let's move on, see what else we have in the notes. Pause the video. Go back to the charts to double check the work. Now we can go back to stocks on the move. And in these floater quiet type markets, regardless of how many stocks are reporting earnings, everything gets into that float mode and it sucks away a lot of the opportunity. That will change. Maybe it changes next week. Maybe it doesn't change Monday. Maybe it changes Tuesday or Wednesday. But guess what? It will change. We're going to take a look at NUE. We're also going to take a look at IBM. Las Vegas Sands, AMAT, and Raymond James Financial, RJF, did not hit their price targets. They're off the board. We don't want somebody else's numbers. We only want our numbers. NUE, which is Nucor, 105 and change on close yesterday, getting a haircut at the open. Two numbers on the board, bright and early. They're close together, can make a case for either one. It opened below the first, so what happens? It's off the board. It doesn't exist. The only number on the board is the second number on the stop. That's it. What happens? It spikes through the second number, immediately reverses back in the other direction. 102.46 is the high by 9.50 a.m. Guess what? More than the minimum required base hit. Trader's choice for how much they took. The numbers work. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. Therefore, we take the minimum required base hit and the rest for anybody that wants to hold a portion of the trade, that becomes trader's choice. Obviously, the number worked. IBM getting its haircut at the opening bell, opening below the first number just like Nucor. So the first number is what? Off the table. The second number is active at the time, but what happens? First, it comes close, it bounces away, and then it creeps into it, and guess what? That little creep slash bounce away creates that situation where we don't want the trade. It didn't come into the number in the manner in which we prefer. Now, I realize there were some traders that took this trade. I know of one in particular. 
This particular trader understands that he made the choice, he's experienced, he knows the routine. This is not a trade I was entertaining by the time it came into the price. Came close here, 10 o'clock, 10.05, 10.10, finally by 10.15, and that's after basically bouncing away and eating time off the clock for 45 minutes. No thanks. Guess what? The first five-minute candle of the day happened to be the biggest bounce you got all day. That's the one we wanted. Not that it's only that much, but we want the biggest bounce of the day. Guess what? You got it in the first candle, then it drips into the number. Guess what? No thanks. What's going on over in Camp IWM? We have our reversal candle from the other day. I called it a fake reversal candle. I wasn't buying the story. They got above it. They didn't close above it today, but they're close. They're working on it. Here's my take in the IWM. If they can close above this high, 228.41 on a daily close, maybe they just run from here and gap above it tomorrow. We don't know. But once they close above it, 232 quickly. That's my take. Put it on a sticky note. We'll see what happens. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They're still powering forward. 15,470, they did it, it's done. There's another number where they're headed. What is it? 15,900 and change, and then new highs. From a weekly chart perspective, where are we? So the market went sideways, and it broke down into the 20-period moving average. So therefore, what we've now done is rallied back to retest or run a test of a former breakdown area. Funny how that works. Works on all charts, all markets, all the time. They've now gotten back to the area where they were eating time off the clock before they fell apart. This is a weekly chart. We have to see where they close the week. This is very important. This is a canary in the coal mine. I've been saying it for years. What we were also saying is, once they closed a week above 14,760, they could take off in the northern direction. They took off in the northern direction. What about the Silicon Valley people, the Q people? Above all the moving averages, nice big healthy day. Looking in real time, it looks like the Qs are getting hit after market hours. Something must have reported. The market didn't like it, whatever it is. I don't have a clue as I'm making this video. We'll find out later. As I'm looking at my quote screen on my watch list, I can see a couple of things jumping around. Looks like Twitter, looks like Intel, maybe some other stuff. Looks like Facebook is also jumping around. So there you have it. Facebook, Twitter, Intel, there's probably other stuff jumping around too. That's fine. Those guys will provide trades tomorrow morning. They may also provide, and this is a trading term, a roadblock to new highs just yet. Kind of funny how that works. Knocking on the door of new highs, all of a sudden, three stocks that everybody in the market follows gets hit after the market closes. We'll see what happens by the opening bell. The financials, they're at the highs, 40 bucks. Uptrend, above all the moving averages, and you know the rest. Move it along. Smash mouth. Above all the moving averages, staying there, follow through, they're headed, or at least attempting to head, toward the all-time highs once again. They're not that far away, five, six bucks away. Just for kicks, 
Here's the ES futures chart. So around the closing bell, here's four o'clock. They're making a high of 45.43. I'm making this video. It's after the closing bell by about a half an hour or so, and it's 45.30 already. Twitter getting smoked, Intel getting smoked, Facebook taking a hit on the bong. By the way, I've already done the work in Facebook. I'm gonna give it to you now. It'll obviously be on the board in the morning, but just for fun, I'm gonna give you the number of 313, give or take, that's not the exact number, inside the numbers members will have that, and they'll have another number, either north or south of that, but just for argument's sake, let's use 313, and who knows where this thing is gonna trade as the night rolls on, maybe it'll open below 313 and we have to have a different number. But just for argument's sake, put it on a sticky note, we'll see what happens. How about Intel? Well, who knows where this thing's gonna be by the opening bell tomorrow, but I'm a buyer around 47, give or take. Don't know if it gets all the way to 47 tomorrow, but if it did, I'm a buyer. Twitter, we're gonna leave Twitter alone. I'm gonna save that one, keep it close to the vest. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're gonna pull the ripcord here today, I understand the video is a little shorter than normal, but in light of where the markets are and what's been happening in terms of the floater formation, I don't want to just be a time filler. We'll respect your time and move on. As such, I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.